Thank you for joining us at SUNY Hub. Feel free to like and share with friends, family, and fellow Sunnis. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Insha'Allah Ta'ala, after the listeners will not be in any need of a raqi, a person who recites ruqya and makes money from people. There have been in the recent past some people who have been reciting the ruqya and making money from the public, extorting the public. And uh, some time ago, one of them was exposed as an atheist who actually didn't believe in Islam but was exploiting people. Similarly, you have magicians, a sahara, people who claim to cure magic, utilizing magic. And then you have peers today who claim to cure people. In fact, what they use are not in fact cures, but in reality are impermissible things in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes just trickery of the mind, playing mind tricks with people who are already mentally affected. So with regard to magic, jinn possession, and the black eye or the evil eye, there are cures from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. But before we delve into the cure for magic, jinn possession, and the black eye, it's essential to mention that many people have mental health issues, many people have emotional issues, some people have actual medical issues, and the peer factory, the ways of making money from people are through placebo effect type of uh, medicines or the pretension to utilize curing uh, uh, ruqya, recitations of adhiya, which are not from the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, and are impermissible in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the utilization of astrology, which is totally impermissible in the sharia, and also doing things which have no basis in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the utilization of graves. Some of them order the people to go to grave sites, carry out practices and rituals in the graves, uh, give food to jinn, sacrificial things to the jinn. So many different practices uh, which I have studied in depth, and all of these things are impermissible in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's essential for someone firstly to go to a medical health professional to determine their illness, whether it's mental health issues, whether it's health issues in terms of physical health. And many people within our community refuse to acknowledge mental health issues. So a person may actually be utilizing some type of uh, recreational drug that affects their mental health or they may be taking gas balloons, which have become so common, and they believe it's gin possession, because the community encourages them to think that these are actual gin possession or magic, the ailments, the symptoms of gin and magic, when in reality it's the symptoms of taking narcotics and chemicals which affect the brain. So firstly, before entering the subject, it's essential to get the advice of a mental health professional and a doctor with regard to your ailments. Now, secondly, the best cure is, of course, prevention. And within the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, firstly, before sihr is done, or before a person has 
any type of ailments which are from the effects of jinn, which cause human sickness, the best cure is what? Prevention. So we hear from many people, they say we recite Ayatul Kursi or we recite Al-Mu'awwidatayn, but we do not feel the ailments and the symptoms going away because we recite these things, but we do not feel any better. The response with regard to that is, if it is actual sihr or jinn possession, then it has already been done to you. And the al-mu'awwidatayn and ayatul kursi are a prevention before the ailment, before the sickness. Another point to mention here is with regard to jinn possession. Some people deny jinn possession. The denial of jinn possession was a position of the Mu'tazila. Some people held this position, but this view is incorrect. Why are people today denying jinn possession? Because they conceptualize jinn possession as being that when someone is possessed by a jinn, they will behave like a robot. The jinn will control them like a robot, or they will speak to people and converse with them like a jinn. This is the false conceptualization of jinn possession. Jinn possession entails that the person will feel drowsy. At times they may faint. Yes, the jinn can speak on the tongue of the victim in certain states, but the jinn cannot control the person like a robot. Otherwise, the qudat, the judges in the courts, would have dismissed so many murder cases and so many violations, so many uh, crime, uh, criminal acts so many crimes, and the penal code, the Islamic uh, justice system would have had examples of people who are possessed by jinn and they carry out actions. Many times people who act like they have jinns, this is actually an act. I have caught many people in the act when people have come to me, sometimes young uh, women who do not want to marry the choice of their parents, they behave like they have jinn. Sometimes the brother may be in collusion with them to support them and they talk like they have jinn, but in reality, that's not jinn possession. Jinn possession has very specific uh, ailments, very specific signs and symptoms that the professional truthful al-raqi will be able to detect. And there are certain ruqya that are recited which determine whether this person has jinns, and there are certain effects that take place after that ruqya is recited. A point to mention here now also is that Rasulullah prohibited an-nushrah. An-nushrah is in reference to all types of cures that entail magic, sihr, or that which has those things which are ineligible, the meaning of which is unknown. So if you ever receive a ta'weeth, you do not know what the ta'weeth means. It's scribbled, and some of these peers, what they do, they just write scribbles. It's a fact. Some of them may just make up uh, demonic signs. Some of them may not write demonic signs, but they may just write numbers. But in reality, these things have no basis in the Sharia. They fool people by giving them a piece of paper, making them wear the piece of paper, which has a placebo effect, and then they take money from the people. So a nushra is in reference to those things which are recited, the meaning of which is unknown, or those things which are written down, the meaning of which is unknown. So people should avoid those ta'awid, the ta'awidat, that the meaning of which is unknown, and those things which are ineligible, 
uh, people do not know what is written and what is the meaning of those things which have been written there. With regard to prevention before the affliction of magic, a person recites Surah Al-Ikhlas, which is Qul huwa Allahu ahad, with A'udhu Billahi min ash-shaytani ar-rajim, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, and they also recite Surah Al-Falaq, which is Surah Al-Falaq, Qul a'udhu bi Rabbi Al-Falaq, to the end of the Surah, and also Surah Al-Nas. These chapters, it has been related with regard to these chapters from a Sayyidatu Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would recite these chapters below on the hands then wipe the face and the entire body after reciting these chapters. In some narrations it states each chapter is recited three times after every salah and then once before sleep. Additionally, a person recites Ayatul Kursi. They recite Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum until the end of the Ayatul Kursi. And they blow on the hands and they blow on the face and on the entire body. This is prevention before affliction. What has also been related from Ka'ab al-Ahbar, rahimahullah ta'ala, that he would recite the following dua. أعوذ بوجه الله العظيم الذي ليس شيء أعظم منه وبكلمات الله التامات التي لا يجاوزهن بر ولا فاجر وبأسماء الله الحسنى كلها ما علمت منها وما لم أعلم من شر ما خلق وبرأ وذرأ And he said if I did not recite these words on a daily basis then the magicians from the Jewish community at that time, they would have affected me. And he, he says, by way of hyperbole, that they would have made me a donkey in order to demonstrate the strength of this dua. So you recite such type of ad'iyah, such type of dua every day. Many of you can acquire the book Al-Adhkar of Imam Al-Nawawi, which is available in English also. And within the book Al-Adhkar, you will find these ad'iyah, these supplications. In one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, narrated by Imam Muslim in his Sahih, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا بأس بالرقى ما لم يكن فيه الشرك There is nothing wrong with the ruqya as long as there is no shirk in the ruqya. So as, it, as I mentioned, the prohibition of al-nushra, there is a prohibition with regard to those ad'iyah which contain shirk. So a person must ensure that any dua they read is has tawheed and is from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. And if it is not from the sunnah, it is in accordance with Al-Quran Al-Kareem and the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Additionally, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Alaykum bi shifa'ayni al-Qur'ani wal-asli, which is narrated by Al-Imam Al-Hakim in his Mustadrak, that Rasulullah said, you should use two cures. What are they? Al-Quran wal-asl, which is honey. Now, of course, honey has its uses. There are many types of use that can be utilized with pure honey. Honey that is not uh, affected by modern means. Of course, this would mean organic honey. A person acquires organic honey and they can recite Quran on the honey and eat from the honey. So there is a cure in Al-Quran Al-Kareem and things like honey. Similarly, in another hadith, in the Sunan of Imam Al-Nasai, 
the milk of cows is mentioned as a shifa. Why? Because this is in reference to wild cows, cows that were permitted to to graze openly on on the fields because they would eat from various shrubs and herbs. Those shrubs and herbs have different different medicinal re- uh, effects, uh, remed- remedial uh, or effects which give remedy to a person who drinks from that milk. So, with regard to reciting Al-Quran Al-Kareem, a person can recite even Surah Al-Fatiha when they recite on a patient. In one Sahabi radiallahu an simply recited Surah Al-Fatiha on a person who had a scorpion bite and he continuously read Surah Al-Fatiha and the person was cured. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ أَنَّهَا رُقِيَةً what made you understand that it is Ruqya? Of course, the Sahabi understood it was Ruqya because the general, the entire Quran is Shifa. We reveal from this Quran, which is a Shifa, and a mercy for the believers. So the companion understood this and recited from Al Quran Al Karim. So regular recitation is a prevention of magic and sihr. Remember, if a person is not praying his five daily prayers, they are not staying in a state of tahara, they are carrying out haram. If they do not do ghusl bathing after the major impurities, and they do not do things like istinja, basic purity, and they do not avoid muharramat, haram actions, then they will be afflicted by sihr, by jinn, by magic, by jinn and the, the evil eye. Of course, when they go to these false peers, the peers will never tell them to adopt the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All they do is they tell people to give them money. If they do not ask for money, they make people give bay'ah to them and join their cult. This is something that should be avoided because in reality, these peers are not there to help. Additionally, what is mentioned in the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that anyone who recites the dua بسم الله الذي لا يضر مع اسمه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء وهو السميع العليم. If they recite this du'a three times daily and in the evening, nothing will harm them. This is the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, whoever reads this du'a in that day or night, nothing will ever harm him. And this has been narrated from Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an. Additionally, what is mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, مَن تَصَبَّحَ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ سَبْعَ تَمَرَاتٍ عَجْوَةً Whoever wakes up every morning and he eats seven dates, ajwa dates, لَمْ يَضُرَّهُ فِي ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ صُمٌ وَلَا سِحْرٌ Poison will not harm him and neither will sihr magic. What that means with regard to the poison is on that day, no poison is decreed for him to drink for to, to drink or eat. It does not mean you test Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by purposefully eating seven dates and then drinking poison. That will never work. So uh, the hadith here mentions, and this hadith is narrated by Imam Muslim and Imam Bukhari, that if you eat ajwa dates, this will prevent any sihr. So a person, if they want protection, they can order ajwa dates from Al-Madinatul Munawwara every day, even in some narrations it mentions one date, an odd number. 
You eat a date, you give your children to eat dates, this will prevent any type of sihr. Similarly, with zamzam water, what is mentioned with regard to zamzam water in the Sunan of Ibn Majah, that zamzam water is for whatever it is drunk for, whatever intention and purpose you drink zamzam for. So a person who drinks zamzam regularly, he will never be afflicted with regard to sihr. To summarize this, I would say prevention is very simple. You pray your five daily prayers, you do not do haram, you stay in a state of tahara, and you recite your suratul falaq, your suratul nas, your suratul ikhlas daily, your ayatul kursi, and you eat your ajwa, you will be protected from all types of sihr, from all types of magic. The second phase is if someone now has been afflicted by sihr, or they have been afflicted by jinn possession, how do they cure themselves from this? One of the means of doing this is from the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa al-hijama. What is al-hijama? Cupping. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had cupping applied on his blessed head. But of course the cupping must be done by a health professional, someone who is licensed in doing al-hijama, who can determine whether the hijama is applicable to you. For instance, if someone has diabetes, or if someone has high blood pressure, or if someone has heart-related issues, or if the climate is not right for al-hijama, if the diet is not right, all these factors are determined by a health professional who looks at your case and then carries out the hijama. What effect the hijama can have is it can release a jinn from the body. And as I mentioned, jinn possession doesn't mean that the jinn controls you robotically. It entails that the jinn is inside of your body and causes certain symptoms. It doesn't entail that someone behaves like a robot or a puppet that is controlled by a jinn. So the hijama can remove the jinn and the effects of sihr. Additionally, if someone sees a dream where they are informed with regard to where the sihr is hidden, this can happen. A believer, if he does dua to Allah, he has tawheed and he does dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah, reveal to me the location of the sihr. In the dream, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes reveals to them the location of the sihr. If they go and locate the ta'weez upon which the sihr is written or upon which the hairs may be tied, they can find the ta'weez upon which the jinn is bound. The sihr is by binding the jinn to certain magic rituals and they can dispose of that magic by burning it or disposing of it in water until it dissolves. Uh, but the best way is by actually burning it and ridding oneself, uh, uh, oneself of that sihr. So this is after the sihr has been done. A third way of removing the sihr is that a person gets seven low tree leaves, sidr leaves. Sidr leaves. And what they do, and this method has been mentioned in the Hashi of Ibn Abidin and other works, many books mention this method. This would fall into the neutral zone methods, those methods which do not contradict the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They grind the cedar leaves. And then what they do, they mix those cedar leaves with water, with fresh water. And they recite upon those leaves the following. Firstly, they recite Ayatul Kursi. After A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, 
they recite Ayatul Kursi. Then they recite Wa ila Musa all the way to Rabbi Musa Baharun, which is Suratul Araf, verse 117 to verse 122. The verses will appear on the screen. After which the person recites from Surah Yunus, alayhi salam, verse 79 to 82. Then the person recites from Surah Taha, verse 65 to 70, and then Surah Al-Kafirun, followed by Surah Al-Ikhlas. Then they recite Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas. All of these verses are recited and Surah, chapters of the Quran, the person blows on the water, he drinks from some of the water and then he bathes himself with the water. This insha'Allah will break the sihr, the magic or any jinn possession. It will decrease the effects of the jinn possession. A person, if they still have the ailments after they keep doing this practice, it will continuously weaken the jinn or weaken the sihr. The fourth method from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam is the ruqya. Now some people are under the impression that to, in order to do the ruqya, you need to be a professional. The answer is, this is incorrect. The ruqya itself is from the sunnah of Rasulullah Anyone who prays five times a day is able to recite the Qur'an, does not do any haram act, can carry out the ruqya. They can do the ruqya. In fact, an imam of a masjid found me, he was under the impression that you need permission to do a ruqya. This is because the peer market has taken over the Sufi circles to the point that many of the people in the Sufi community, they are under the impression you cannot carry out the Sunnah act except with the permission of a peer. This is totally incorrect. And what this has led to is that the Salafis are leading the way in terms of reciting the Ruqyan people. When in reality, you do not need ijazat to carry out the Sunnah act. To do the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, you do not need a license or permission. Anyone can do the ruqya. So instead of going to peers, every household should have people who recite the ruqya, Hufadul Quran, who recite the ruqya in the houses, and people from the Tulabul Ilm and the Aimmatul Masajid, the imam, Imams of the Masjid, they should all be reciting the ruqya. If people have ailments, they can go up to them and they will recite the ruqya to them if they have time. This is, of course, taken. The ruqya is taken from the sunnah of Rasulullah What is mentioned in a hadith is that a Bedouin came to Rasulullah The Bedouin was affected. They say his brain was affected. His mind was affected. And Rasulullah read the following. Firstly, he read Fatihatul Kitab, which is Suratul Fatiha. Then, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recite وَأَرْبَعِ آيَاتٍ مِنْ أَوَّلِ الْبَقَرَةِ The first four verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. Then he recited وَآيَتَيْنِ مِنْ وَسَطِيهَا Two verses from the middle. Which verses were those? Those were verses وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُمْ وَاحِدٍ وَآيَةِ الْكُرْسِ and آيَةُ الْكُرْسِ وَأَرْبَعِ آيَاتٍ مِنْ أَوَّلِ الْبَقَرَةِ Four verses from the beginning of Al-Baqarah. وَآيَتَيْنِ مِنْ وَسَطِيَا Two verses from the middle, which were وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُمْ وَاحِدٍ وَآيَةِ الْكُرْسِ And then وَثَلَاثِ آيَاتٍ 
min khatimatiha three verses from the end of suratul baqarah wa ayatin min ali imran and the sahabi radiyallahu an mentions a verse from suratul ali imran which is shahid allah annahu la ilaha illahu wa ayatin min al araf and one ayah one verse from suratul araf which is inna rabbakum allah alladhi khalaq and وَآيَةٍ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ and a verse from Surah Al-Mu'minin وَمَنْ يَدْعُ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخَرَ لَا بُرْهَانَ لَهُ بِهِ and وَآيَةٍ مِنَ الْجِنِ and a verse from Surah Al-Jinn which is وَأَنَّهُ تَعَالَى جَدُّ رَبِّنَا مَتَّخَذَ صَاحِبَةً وَلَا صَاحِبَةً وَلَا وَلَدًا وَعَشْرِ آيَاتٍ مِنْ أَوَّلِ الصَّافَاتِ and the first ten verses of Surah Al-Safat وَثَلَاثِ آيَاتٍ مِنْ مِنْ آخِرِ الْحَشْرِ and the last three verses of Surah Al-Hashr and قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ and الْمُعَوِّذَتَيْنِ this is known as the ruqya this is recited on people who have symptoms of sihr of course there are different types of sihr there's different types those are mentioned in the works but a person can recite this ruqya on a daily basis as many times as they want. It will make the patient feel better. What the hadith states, That he stood up and he was better and there was nothing wrong with him. So this is known as the ruqya. And we have inserted the verses in the screen so you can check the verses. And you will find in the description also the verses uh, the entire verses of the Ruqya, you will have the entire Ruqya written down in the description. You can print this out, memorize this or read it from the printout and recite this on the person on a daily basis. Additionally, from the Sunnah of Rasulullah is certain ad'iyah, supplications. For instance, from the Sunnah of Rasulullah is the dua Bismillahi arqika min kulli shay'in yu'dhika min sharri kulli nafsin aw 'aynin hasidin Allahu yashfika Bismillahi arqika so this dua is recited on the patient of the person and you blow the dua numerous times similarly from the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the dua أعوذ بكلمات الله التامات والتامات من غضبه وعقابه والشر عباده ومن همزات الشياطين وأن يحضرون. This dua can be recited on the person also. Similarly, from the Sunnah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم, is that if a person and this is narrated in the Jami' of Imam Tirmidhi and the Sunan of Imam Abu Dawood, that if a person visits another person and says seven times. He reads the, the following dua seven times. Inshallah, the person will be cured. What is that dua? As'alullah al-azim, Rabb al-arsh al-azim, an yashfiyak. You read this seven times and blow on the patient. Inshallah, they will be cured. Similarly, from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when someone has a pain, you place your hand on the pain. If it's a patient, you place your hand on them. If it's a woman, you instruct her to place her hand. And a man should not be in isolation with the woman alone. There should be some mahram. 
a relative of the woman present, the person recites Bismillah, Bismillah, Bismillah three times. And then, A'udhu bi'izzatillahi wa qudratihi min sharri ma ajidu wa uhadir. This they read seven times on the pain. Inshallah ta'ala the pain will go. This, this can be read on tooth pain, headaches, all types of pains of the body. Additionally, what also is mentioned from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma rabban nasi adhibi al-ba'sa ishfihi wa anta shafi la shifa illa shifa'uk shifa'an la yugadiru saqman. That these are all what ad'iya for supplications for cures. So these are in summary what people can do if they suffer from uh, those ailments of jinn as well as sihar. With regard to the black eye or the evil eye, what is related from the companions Ali Muridwan, for instance, in the Sharh al-Sunnah al baghawi from Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu ta'ala and that what he said uh, regarding a child, sawwidununatahu, place a black spot on the chin of the child, this will protect them from the evil eye. So this is proven from the sunnah. Sunnah of the Sahabi, regarding whom Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al-khulafai rashidin the rightly guided caliphs. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu an commanded them to place a black dot on the chin of a child that it will protect him from the ayn, from the bad eye. Similarly, what has been mentioned in the sunnah is that when a child has ayn, you or anyone has ayn, you recite upon them seven times Suratul Ikhlas, seven times Suratul Falaq, seven times Suratul Nas, and blow on them, inshallah, the bad eye will be removed. Also, whenever you see something that you like, you recite, MashaAllah, Ula Quwata illa billah, Allahumma barik alayh. This will protect the person from the evil eye. What also is mentioned, this is in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, is the Ruqya is recited. So the Ruqya we've already covered. You blow the Ruqya and oil and you place the, the olive oil on the skin on the person who has been afflicted by the evil eye. What is also proven from the Sunnah of Rasulullah is that if the person who has given the Ayn is known, this can be done how? Firstly, the person who has the Ayn, Ayn happens suddenly and the person may suddenly have observed the person and not said MashaAllah and they fall ill. You have that person perform wudu. And if someone is requested to do this wudu, they should not be offended if they have given the bad eye because the bad eye can happen from a believer also who doesn't say MashaAllah ula quwata illa billah. You perform the wudu, the remnant water that falls into the bucket, you throw this over the patient from over your shoulder. So the person, the patient sits behind you throw it over. This is from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But if the person is unknown, then you follow what I mentioned with regard to reciting Suratul Ikhlas seven times, Suratul Falaq seven times, and Suratul Nas seven times. What is also mentioned by some of the mashaykh, and this is from the, from the Quran, so there's no bid'ah in this, is that you recite salawat and salam on Rasulullah 11 times and then 28 times the last verses of Suratul Qalam which is 
This, these verses, the last verses of Surah Al-Qalam, to the end of the Surah, you recite 28 times. You recite Salawat and Salam 11 times. You blow on the face of the patient. And then you recite Surah Al-Fatiha and water. And you drink the water yourself. Inshallah, you will not have the effects of these, the Ayn going on yourself. This is also mentioned with regard to uh, the Ayn. Lastly, what else has been mentioned with regard to the cure for sihr, magic, or jinn is, or the ailments of the the eye. You get a bottle of water. You recite one hundred and eighty-four times, Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas, one hundred and eighty-four times each, and you blow into the water. Then you drink from this water, and you do not allow the water to diminish halfway. You keep filling up. You top up the bottle. And you keep drinking, you give the the patient the water to drink for 41 days, inshallah ta'ala they will be cured. If there are bad effects in the house, in the hadith of Rasulullah mentions, Inna shaytana yanfiru min You recite Surah Al-Baqarah, which is two and a half juz of the Quran daily. Now, some people they become disappointed when you tell them to recite the Qur'an in the house. They just want to play the Qur'an or they want someone to come into the house and recite the Qur'an for them. This is why they go to false peers because someone else will do the hard work for them. Or it's an easy job if someone just writes something on a piece of paper. They do not want to make change in their lives. So they do not want to recite. But in reality, sometimes you may be afflicted by jinn Sihar, because you are turning away from the Quran and you are turning away from the Sunnah and turning away from your five daily prayers. So sometimes you may have to recite two and a half juz of Quran in your house daily or have someone recite one juz, you recite one juz and someone recites half a juz of Surah Al-Baqarah. Similarly, if you recite the entire Quran in the house, the bad effects in the house will go. But if you have haram music playing in the house, you have haram acts being done in the house, you have no one praying in the house, no one is, no one is punctual in their salah. You have people uh, not doing ghusl, bathing themselves uh, in the house. Then the house will have bad effects. Uh, additionally, a khatmatul Qur'an, a, uh, reciting the entire Qur'an in the house is also beneficial. What else is mentioned in the hadith? If someone recites the first three verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, or the first four verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, then the three middle verses that are in Surah Al-Baqarah from وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُمْ wahid, including Ayatul Kursi and then the last three verses of Surah Al-Baqarah inshallah ta'ala the evil effects of Sihar and Shayateen will be the jinn Shayateen will be removed from their homes this in summary is the total cure for these issues instead of people running to false practitioners or going to people who are deviated and falling into bid'ah in innovation in the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to act upon what has been said. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa tubu ilayh. Thank you for joining us at Sunni Hub. We hope this episode has provided you with valuable insights and deepened your understanding. For more enlightening discussions and to continue your journey of knowledge, remember to follow us.
May peace and wisdom accompany you. Until next time.